You're listening to the Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning in to the SPNY Podcast on iTunes and Apple Podcasts app and Google Play, SoundCloud, and now on Spotify. Today is the day I think many baseball fans in New York have been waiting for. It's time to truly preview the Yankees' playoff hopes. Yankees versus the Twins, we now know the Rays beat the A's, so it'll be Rays-Astros. But that's looking ahead, and that's not something we're trying to do here on the Sports Blog New York podcast. The Yankees have a series against the Twins, and this is not your uncle's Twins. This is not your grandfather's Twins. This team is no joke. This team can hit the ball out of the park. And this team is not to be slept on. The Yankees were a 100 team. Through much adversity, through many great performances from the likes of DJ LeMahieu and Glaber Torres. And Aaron Boone, I think, has just gained and gained fan acceptance. He might be manager of the year. But all that means nothing with an early exit from the playoffs. And that's what we're here to talk about today. Joining me on the SBNY podcast today are two guests who have been on the podcast both before. One who's been on quite often, another one who... Ironically, last time he was on the podcast was on exactly a year ago to date to preview last year's Yankee playoff run. Uh, the, they're going together, so I'm not going to say first guest, second guest. But my first guest I'm going to introduce here is Alec Argento. You've heard him on the pod before, just last week or two weeks ago, talking Giants, Daniel Jones, talks Mets, Yankees, and Knicks throughout the year. And then Andrew Kalanya a writer for Baseball Prospectus, a huge Yankee fan, a huge baseball fan, and I was absolutely thrilled to have both of these guys on today. I think you're going to really enjoy this episode and to break down what's going to happen in the next hour. First off, we do a little preview of uh, some overall MLB stuff. We just chat, chat. And then also, can't sleep on this because it is the Sports Blog New York podcast and there's another New York team that is interesting. The New York Mets. There's some stuff to talk about. So we did a quick recap of the season, did some of the highlights, did some of the lowlights, and looked forward quickly into a big offseason where Brody Van Wagenen can possibly establish himself as a real legitimate GM. What is the the calling card for Mickey Calloway say? Does it say the end or does it say one more season? Many people believe this is the end for Mick, and if so... Who are some of the candidates we want to hear about, that we want to see interviewed to become the new leader of the New York Mets? There's some really good uh, picks by Alec and Andrew alike, some really great candidates they talked about, did a quick recap on the Mets season. But then we get to the real meat and potatoes of the podcast, and we talk about the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees and their playoff hopes and dreams of becoming World Series uh, champions just two years into Aaron Boone's tenure. Tons of talent on this team. Fought through tons of adversity throughout the year. And now it's time to put up or shut up. Because this 100-win season, this fighting through all the injuries and the adversity is all great. But it don't mean a thing without the ring. So if you like today's show with me, Pete Kennedy, Andrew Kalanya, and Alec Argento, please Please support the podcast by hitting us up on iTunes or Apple Podcasts app with a subscribe, a rate, and a review. It means the world to us when we hear from you. But one thing I just want you to do, and it'll really just it'll be awesome for me, be awesome for Andrew, Alec, for anybody else who's ever joined me on the Sports Blog New York podcast. Just just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. 
Here we go, Sports Blog New York Podcast. My name is Peter Kennedy. I'm joined here today with my two favorite Yankee fans in the whole wide world. They've both been on this podcast before. Uh, first off, my man, Alec Argento. How we doing, brother? Doing well, man. Doing well. Ready for October. Best month of the year. It is a great, great month. Football's in the full swing. Uh, basketball's like two weeks away. And most importantly, what this episode is going to be heavily based about is playoff baseball playoff baseball for the New York Yankees and that brings me to my next guest a guy who we found out before we started recording here today was on this podcast exactly one year ago to the date by complete accident Andrew Kalanya what's up brother hey how's it going happy to be back dude a lot has happened in the past year a whole lot has happened congratulations on your uh, your little boy Shout out thank to you, him. Thank you. Yeah, no, this, a lot yeah. has happened in the past year. Shout out to you and your son, Jack. Uh, Alec and I have done a number of podcasts since then, talking Knicks, talking some Giants, talking a little baseball here and there. But this is like this is the epitome of sports, and this is the time where New York fans are probably most passionate throughout the entire year based off of how bad the Giants are. Well, even though there's some hope with Daniel Jones, the Jets have no real playoff hopes. The Knicks stink. Net season starts soon, so that's something. But Yankees playoff season is like no other. And if you are intrigued about playoff baseball, there's actually a new article on Baseball Prospectus by our guy, Andrew Kalanya, who wrote that uh, this week, actually. A beautiful story about MLB playoffs and what it means to fans and, and viewers alike. So, Andrew, plug that story real quick. Oh, definitely. Uh, you know, uh, it's my, uh, my first piece for Baseball Prospectus. Hopefully uh, more coming up soon. Uh, you know, just talking about, uh, you know, uh, my brother and I, whenever we go to games, uh, we like to, you know, be one of those uh, crotchety old guys and keep scoring stuff. But you know, it's, a, it's I think it's a fun way to, you know, spend your time at the ball game. Adds a little bit of layer depth to like a, you know, the 162 game slog that it can be. But you know, all of that kind of goes out the window when the postseason hits. And you know, it's uh, it's live or die. You kind of you kind of got to put all your energy and all your focus on what's happening on the field and exactly not to figure out whether it's an E5 or an E6 on the play or trying to filling the little score sheet you know it's october there's nothing like it and you know uh you gotta you gotta put all your focus and your attention on that so uh, that's really what the piece is about yeah so check out andrew's story on on baseball prospectus uh follow him on twitter at underscore swallows barkley and a plug for our guy alec argento at alec argento espn covering the houston oilers seattle supersonics and montreal expos i mean it's just it's it's all inspiring that he can cover all three of those teams while the seasons are like overlapping so alec shout out to you Thanks, man. It's a, it's a global universe. We can get everywhere we got to go. And, and shout out for, for keeping score games. I think that's the coolest thing in the world. And that's what, uh, it's, it's fun. That's what you get here on the Sports Blog New York podcast. Two guys who truly love the game of baseball, love the Yankees. So there's no one else you want to hear talk about the playoff series that is upon us than Andrew Kalania and Alec Argento. But before we get to that, there are a few quick topics we want to talk about before we dive deep into this Yankees uh, um, series we have up coming up against the Twins. We want to do a quick recap of the Mets season. The Mets season was an interesting one because there was tons of valleys, a few really great peaks, and all in all, a winning season, not one that won you a spot in the playoffs, but a season with a winning record. And if you recall to a podcast Alec and I did before the season started, I was asking for one thing and one thing only. I wanted meaningful games in September for the New York Mets. We did, in fact, get that. We got some excitement even post-elimination with the Pete Alonso home run uh, record chase with the last game walk-off home run by Dominic Smith. Uh, Smith. So 
Alec, I'll go to you first. You were pro-Mets. You were huge on Pete Alonso before the season started. You deserve credit on that. I know I said what I thought about the season beforehand, but now that it's over and how the expectations shift throughout the season, what can you say looking back that was good and what's to build on and what's the big negatives? Uh, I think you have a lot of positives going forward. You have a foundation now for the first time in a while. Young talent, while it didn't go according to plan, right? It wasn't Edwin Diaz or Robinson Cano or Jed Laurie who, who were the real contributors. You have a real foundation for going, going for next year. You got Marcus Stroman for a year. Uh, you got Pete Alonzo. You got Jeff McNeil. Uh, you guys got to feel really good about that. And and not only do you have those people, but like you have people who have that, that really high character that's going to win in New York outside of just in the win and loss column. Right. P Alonzo is um, in a lot of ways, a mirror image of, of the Aaron judges of the world. Uh, and, and, and not just in the home runway, but, but you know, he, the donating the cleats and to, to the nine 11 museum and all that good stuff. I mean, you guys have a foundation that, that's going to go to the future and, and, and with, Hopefully, a lot of money that's going to go to, go into it too. Knowing that Brody Van Wagenen does not mind spending money, so um, this year was fun. I'd say uh, this is the first year in my life I ever rooted for the Mets. Uh, growing up, despising them, um, but it's it's now you've done this next year. Next year there's going to be different expectations. Next year it's going to be playoff or busts, which honestly is how you want to go into the into the season, right? So I think that overall that's just a gigantic success. While they were kind of out of it by the end of the, the last week or so, they were still winning games, which is just, you know, good to see. I mean, you just wish that one day that they could beat the teams they're supposed to beat like the Marlins. <laughs> Don't ask for too much, all right? <laughs> um, Andrew, thinking about the Mets season, uh, obviously Alec just touched on a, a lot of it there, but what are maybe some of the disappointing moments here? Obviously, like some of the things that now looking into the offseason need to be key fixing points. Like, What what do the Mets need most in order to become a playoff or bust team next year? Well, uh, and it starts off uh, with that bullpen and starts at the top. Edwin Diaz, who's, uh, I, think he, I think it's safe to say he was the most disappointing player in Major League Baseball. Wow. Uh, I, yeah. No, I, I believe expectations it. Expectations going in. He, was going, he literally went from the best closer Stand. in the league to, to God, you know, 60 RA at the, at the end of the year. So the, the bullpen. Um, you know, and I think there's a little, little optimism there because like, you know, he can't be that bad. And I think, you know, part of, part of his pitch selection is that splitter that goes down and away. Um, and you know, you can start with Tanaka this year. He's having a hard time with the baseball, with the, you know, whatever, and whatever major league baseball did to the actual baseball this year, a lot of guys who throw those sinkers and, uh, those pitches that go down just weren't, weren't getting the same action. On those pitches, so you know if MLB addresses the baseball like they said they are, maybe there's a little more hope for Edwin Diaz going forward. But you know, you know Seth Lugo was run into the ground uh, by the end of the year, so hopefully they can add another piece or two so they, uh, you know, they they give him the the necessary rest, and so they have a, a better a better uh, combo at the back of the bullpen. If you just turned on a random Mets game between the fifth and eighth inning, there had to be like a 70% chance that Luke was in the game. Like that dude was pitching so much for this team, especially oh, during absolutely. the middle end, the middle, like middle, maybe second, uh, third of the season when they were actually winning some games, it felt like he was pitching every night. Yeah. 
And, uh, and another another disappointing aspect, uh, you know, to the Mets, they get kind of the same problem they had last year. Is that they don't play well and start uh, and starts by Jacob Degrom. They were fourteen and eighteen in uh, twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen in his starts. Oh. Fourteen and eighteen, and this is a guy who's going to win back to the back Cy Young. It's like you have to play better with your ace on the mound, and and you know even. You know, how many games did the Mets uh, come out of the you know, finish behind the playoffs? You, you reverse that record that you make it uh, 18 and 14 instead. They're, you're talking about the Mets being in the playoffs this year. Like, wow. it, it was that, you know, you have to play better when and, your ace gives you those type of performances. And that's discounting the 25-plus blown saves. I mean, there's uh, a, that's why there is a lot to be disappointed with in this season. But when you really do look at it from a holistic standpoint. There's plenty of positives, and you know I can't go a podcast without making a basketball analogy. The season the Mets had, if you take if you take away June, they're a playoff team, but you know, disregarding that horrendous June, right? You take that season and you apply that to the Knicks, it's almost the exact season the Knicks should be striving for this year. The Knicks don't have real playoff expectations at all. They're only expected 26.5 wins by Vegas, but if they can take some of their young guys, have a, a few veterans really step up and, and show the ropes. They can be playing some meaningful basketball in like January or February. They're not going to be in the true playoff run, but they're going to be close enough to be where they're respected, they're interesting, uh, and people don't want to just stroll into Madison Square Garden and think they're going to win 140 to 100. So the Mets had that season that is a stepping stone, and I think that's a real positive. The next question for both of you guys is Mickey Calloway. So all the rumblings on Twitter and the like are that Mickey Calloway's out and who knows who's going to be coming in. A, uh, whoever wants to take it first, go ahead. Um, A, should he be out? And B, who's your top-notch replacement? I guess I'll, uh, I'll, ju- I'll jump in there first. Uh, you know, I, I think so. I think he's got to be out uh, at this point. He's, you know, part of the, you know, the managerial job in 2019 is to be able to uh, digest the analytics that the front office gives you and to be able to communicate and uh, have a rapport with the players. That's their, that's their biggest, that's the manager's biggest job now. And he did that is especially poor this year, even coming out and saying that I don't use analytics 85% of the time. You just like, why, why would you say that? Why would you, if, even if it's what you think and what you believe, you don't go out and say that to the to the New York media of all people. That's just you're just asking to to for, to be on the front page of the post, and then never mind the the, the fist fight that, that he almost got into with the reporters. Just you know, it just wasn't. Uh, and there was a lot of questionable bullpen moves by uh, by Mickey and a lot of decisions. And uh, it just there's there's no way. That if the Mets actually want a legitimate chance of making the playoffs next year, they can go in with Mickey Calloway as their manager. Uh, as far as the replacement, uh, you know, uh, Joe Girardi likes New York. I think he would be a good fit. He might go to the Cubs instead, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they handed it uh, over after uh, you know Mickey Calloway being an inexperienced manager that they give to somebody with a little more uh, prestige uh, going into next year. Totally fair. Uh, we'll I don't. Come, wait, we'll go ahead, Alex. I don't. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, Joe Girardi, for me, always seemed like a lot for the Cubs job. I mean, I, I, we've been hearing that for years. I, I'll tell mm. you a name I like uh, because I think he's going to be going on a little bit of a tour to try to get a team right now. Buck Walter. Uh, I like Buck Walter, who I think is going to be out there. I think that the Mets, I mean, let's be serious here. The, the Mets always have in their mind 
a comparison to the Yankees. They don't want to be held to any of the same regards as the Yankees are. I think bringing someone like Joe Girardi in is not really the Mets style. Uh, yeah. I, and obviously, Buck Walter was a Yankees manager, but he obviously is far enough removed where I don't think that those you know mentions are as popular. But Buck Walter is a good personality for New York. Uh, he's good with the media. He's fun. If he, he knows how to win. Um, obviously, the last couple of years in, in Baltimore, excluding, um, really knows how to, how to manage personalities and to grow an organization. And I think that that's something like what Joe Madden was always like that, too, in, in the fact that he's good with a young team, not great with an experienced team. Right? Joe Madden was always able to do that with the, with the young Rays, with the, with the young Cubs. And once they get a little bit older, you know, that it just doesn't work. So I like Buck Showalter's name out there. But but who knows? I mean, the way, the way that you're hearing names out there for new managerial jobs, you're getting people like Aaron Boone, Rocco Baldelli, all these people with, you, you would never expect. And, and now you're hearing names like Raul Labanez, you know, just coming straight in there. So we're all we're obviously all trained to think that it's going to be one of the names that we know but i i wouldn't be surprised if it's a carlos beltran or someone like that Ooh. right i mean that, that carlos beltran was up for the yankees job i think he'd be a fantastic manager in baseball and obviously uh he has a, a good reputation with the mets uh, again that one playoff team uh notwithstanding yeah. <laughs> he had a brand up. strike three call man those are all super Such interesting 30 yeah, it was a dirty pitch, but still, just looking at it in my head is playing over and over and out. You just ruined the podcast for me, guys. Thanks. Thank you. That, <laughs> and right. that's the Sports Blog New York, the Sports yeah, New York podcast. Pete Kenny signing out. Enjoy Alec and Andrew for the rest of the show. <laughs> no, but the the difference right now, I'm thinking, right? I'm looking up at two different uh, back pages of the Post or news, whatever, uh, Twitter, who knows what it is. Buck Showalter versus somebody like Carlos Beltran. I love that name, Carlos Beltran. The analytic people versus the old school baseball people will have the complete opposite reaction. I feel like the analytical people would love the Beltron hire because he's an established name. He's well respected. He's well liked. He's a Met. He's honestly, this is going to sound crazy to say, he's actually one of the best Mets of all time, probably. Like he's not. Oh, top, yeah, absolutely. He's not top five, but is, is, is he top 10? Is he not? He might be top five. Well, he didn't play quite long enough there. Maybe not, but he had the home run record until this year. So, like, he had some awesome seasons. I think, he goes to, I think he goes in the Hall of Fame with the Mets cap. You Absolutely. Re- wow. That I didn't think about that. I guess did he play with the Mets more than any other organization outside of maybe the Royals? I but think, he was so young with the Royals. Yeah, uh, he 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 played with. I, I believe he was with the Mets the longest. So let's, uh, let's keep talking. For like what seven years? Yeah, it was. I guess it was longer than I'm expecting. Well, the last year or two was a little injury ridden, so it is tough. But looking at it like that. Buck Walter, I totally agree with everything you said, Alec. When the Mets hire Buck Walter, is that a win for them in the media? Not that that's yeah. the most important thing, but it's, it is it is partially important to start off on the right foot. Is he the forward-thinking guy who you think the Mets will go with? like, Or is he the old-school, safer bet where Beltran's maybe a little riskier with no experience, but will then listen to the analytics and be, in theory, a great locker room guy? I mean, Buck Walter's always been the kind of guy who listens to analytics until he's got a 50-50 call and he's got to make it on his own, and then he goes with his gut, right? So I, mm-hmm. I don't think Buck Walter, by any stretch of the imagination, is opposed to analytics, but he's a decision-maker when he needs to be, and I think that that's exactly what you need. And you cannot blame him for the last couple of years in Baltimore because – that you know that that team is just stripped for talent uh, towards the end of it, and, uh, and especially obviously uh, where it is now. So I I think I think you get a Buck Showalter. That's exactly who the type of person I would want if I were the Mets because I want that old school established presence there to show these people how to win. You know, it's just something about knowing what good looks like 
but knowing what winning looks like, right, to, to bring to these people. I mean, some of the best players on the Mets, I mean, Jacob DeGrom doesn't know how to win, right? I mean, at, at the end of the day, he really doesn't. I mean, obviously, they have that the World Series run, but the vast majority of, of all of these Mets people, of these Mets tenures have been riddled with with losses. I think someone, bringing someone like that in, growing the young talent, positioning the older talent as leaders as opposed to superstars uh, is, is something that Buck Showalter is really, really good with. Um, and, and, and you, what you'll, you won't find anyone who has, a, who's played for Buck Walter that has anything bad to say about him. So. Yeah, definitely. And, um, uh, Beltran, there you Beltran go. going back to him, he, uh, played seven years in Kansas city, seven years with the Mets. So equally, I definitely, I would definitely put him in his top five, uh, then, but again, I, the manager's job now today is, is, uh, is, you know, it, it depends on what kind of front office, uh, Brody. Brody is running, you know, are the Mets, you know, dig, putting more money into the analytics department, you know, like, uh, you know, if then, then you kind of want to, you, you would want that more than Carlos Beltran type, but both Buck Schultz, the second, I didn't think of that at all, but the second you brought up his name, I was like, that's, that's honestly a, a perfect fit. And, you know, I listened to him. He did a, the, the last series in the booth with the Yankees and, you know, the great storyteller and he seems like a great guy. And, Anyone who, uh, you know, anyone, any of those players uh, that's ever played for him will always go back and say, you know, Buck was a great manager and stuff. So I definitely think that, that he, he might be the guy. I love it. I, I think both of those candidates are fantastic. And that's uh, that's the big ticket item for the Mets now. Who are they going to go with to run their team? Obviously, Brody will have a huge offseason ahead of him where he could either make or break the way fans will look at him for the next uh, year or so. But the, the manager's decision is, is decision number one. And Buck or Beltran, I think, will win uh, Mets fans over for sure. But I think it's time, guys. It's time to talk about what we're here to talk about on the Sports Blog New York podcast with Pete Kennedy, Andrew Kalanya, and Alec Argento. Um, it's Yankee time. It's Yankee season. The weird thing about the Yankees right now is it's been, what, a month and a half since they've had like a seemingly kind of meaningful game? <laughs> it's been a while, right? So first off, off the bat, is there any worry about like ramping it up for playoffs, or do you think this team's ready to go? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not worried about them ramping it up, but I, I don't. I, I think I was texting you about this today, Pete. I'm scared of this Twins team. I don't think this is the cakewalk that people have made it out to be based off of our our um, our, our history with them. I mean, this is a team that won 100 games, right? I mean, the, I think this is the first time ever that, that four 100 win teams have been in the playoffs. And you could tell me any team in the American League would win the World Series this year, and I, I would believe you. Um, they are a mirror image of the Yankees with a little bit worse of a rotation and a little bit worse of a bullpen. So I think we have the edge there, but I would not sleep on, on the Twins whatsoever. Uh, definitely. Uh, you know, they in leading leading Major League Baseball, absolutely demolishing the home run record. You know, you have guys, you, you know, four or five guys in the lineup that hit 25-plus home runs. I mean, I think that has a lot to do with, you know, the juice ball. But, I mean, uh, Nelson Cruz hitting 40, close to 50 home runs this year, it's, uh, it's pretty scary. To, you know, you're not used to the Twins, you, uh, you know, having, uh, you know, this type of power. Usually the contacts and slap guys will steal a lot of bases. Kill Mowers. Yeah, the, now that the power that these guys have is is absolutely incredible. So that and, and the problem with the Yankees is that a lot of their starting staff, especially Tanaka, he's been very home run prone this year. So that's not really a great combination for the Yankees staff. But yeah, I mean the other starters they've given up a ton of home runs with Jay Happ. I think he's like 
third most in baseball uh, among starting pitchers. And then, and uh, well, I mean, he's not going to, he's not going to see the mound at all unless it's like an emergency situation. The other one was, I don't know. I think they're going to get funky with these pitchers. You're not going to, you're not going to see a traditional three minute starters. You're going to see CC and J half coming out of the, the bullpen. I think. Oh yeah. But I don't, I don't think they're going to be like, I think the three starters will be, you know, it's obviously going to be Paxton Tanaka and Severino. And then the, even depending on who's available or what kind of what's going on with the pen, they might just bullpen the game four, you know, because I, I honestly like the way Hap is pitched all year. I can't see him like being sending him out as the starter. If it is like it would be him and CC would be very abbreviated one or two innings at a time. I can't see them turning the lineup over even once. Uh, that's that's gonna be the most interesting thing. So the next thing I want to bring up to you guys is uh, this poll I put out on the Sports Blog New York Twitter at Sport Blog NYC. Uh, it was a very simple poll. What are you most worried about for the Yankees going into the series? And I think the answer was really obvious, and it was the answer that won. So the choices were starting pitching, bullpen, hitting, and coaching. Now I think everyone agrees starting pitching, like you guys kind of just chronicled right there, uh, was by far the biggest question mark. What people are most worried about that makes all the sense in the world. What surprised me was the one that got the least amount of responses. That was coaching. Hitting got more responses than coaching when your lineup, even though, you know, no Aaron Hicks, but you got Giancarlo back. You have obviously a bunch of really good hitters, a bunch who had really good seasons. Hitting had more worry than coaching. And if you think about Aaron Boone one year ago, six months ago, has it flipped that much that people now have that much confidence in him? Or the people who voted in this poll a little misguided. Are you guys worried in these coaching decisions, especially if the reports are the Yankees are going to get funky with it? Alec, what do you think? I mean, that, that's uh, that's exactly what I'm worried about. <laughs> I, I, I think he's got the benefit of the doubt this year because he has been a fantastic manager. But I've been listening to a lot of sports radio over the past week or so. Uh, from all accounts, the Yankees are not going to be u- utilizing a traditional rotation that you're going to see Chad Green followed by CC Sabathia followed by you know uh, Jay Happ or something weird like that in, in a game and, and even the fact that they, they a lot of people are thinking that they're going to start Chad Green and have Tanaka come out and then you know nobody expects any of these starters to make it through the third, third uh, three ways through the rotation uh, through the the batting lineup I mean uh so I, I think because of that when you try to get a little too cute with things is usually when it bites you in the butt uh, so that worries me, but everyone's going to be doing it in fairness in the playoffs. That's why the playoff. That's why each playoff game takes four and a half hours, right? It's because of all the the different cute funky things that everyone's trying to do. But you know, eventually, I think that's going to bite someone. And, and I think that, I think that this this series is going to be a slugfest. I mean, how could you not think that? To you know, I mean, people, people the, the Yankees rotation is well maligned, but I mean, who does Minnesota have? I mean, Jose Barrios is all right, but they have Mike Pineda's. You know he's he's out for with PEDs and Jake Odorizzi. I am. Are you really scared of Jake Odorizzi? And the Yankees have no. seen him for forever. You know, uh, I think he had one good start against the Yankees this year. But he also got lit up in the other one. But I mean, at the same time, we we haven't lost a home series since what April, the, the second week of April. I mean, that's that's the only thing that's keeping me here. Yeah, and you know, is that true? I, I, since April? Yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh, yeah, we, that's we, a... either, we've either talked. It's crazy. That's a lifetime you know, ago. Which is why the, yeah. Uh, they've either tied or won every series at home. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, and, and anybody who goes to a Yankee playoff game 
uh, knows how how rowdy that Ooh. place gets, and you know, and especially with the 2017 season when uh, the Astros players were were saying that they were scared to be there, <laughs> just admitting that <laughs> before they went back to Houston. You got to know that the Bronx is going to be out there, so that's the only thing that's keeping me there. But I just hope we don't get too funky with it, and that's that's what scares me there. I mean, I think the starting pitching will be fine by all accounts. Tanaka and Sabathia and whoever you want to say that didn't have a great year, they usually last pretty well. Uh, through the first two uh, uh, times through the order. So, uh, by yeah. the way, I believe both of you guys are going to be at the first game Friday Friday night. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess my yeah. ticket got lost in in the mail, right? <laughs> Sorry. Play my Sorry, girlfriend. <laughs> I'm just I'm just playing. I don't go hard for the Yankees like you guys do. I mean, I'm sure it would be an electric atmosphere, but in a weird way, I don't belong there. I'm a I'm a Yankee supporter. You guys can you guys can vouch for me there. I'm a Yankee yeah. supporter, but in a weird way, I don't belong there. So it's just fine. I'll just mess with you guys. Um, yeah. Andrew, do do you feel similar similarly there? Ugh, similarly there? Yeah, definitely. Well, definitely. And I think MLB is a really copycat league, and you saw what the Red Sox did last year. That you know, outside of Chris Sale, they you know they had the those starting pitching deficiencies as well, and they kind of went crazy with Evaldi and sail out of the bullpen, you know, during their throw days, they would have, you know, this guy coming, even the Astros did it in 2017 with Lance McCullers uh, and other guys. So, you know, so I think, uh, I think you can see them definitely similar, but uh, if you remember what I said last year uh, on the podcast, uh, in regards to Aaron Boone, um, you know, he, he, uh, you know, he, he did great in the regular season. He rested guys and stuff. But then when the playoffs came around, you know, I gave him an A plus for the season. But I was just like, we'll see what happens in the postseason. And then when the when he had to make an actual real decision, he just he froze. And I remember he's bringing in, he's bringing in guys and uh, Lance Lynn into you know, they're down three runs. He just didn't want to put in any of his A relievers because they were, you know, for some reason, a three-run lead was an insurmountable lead, apparently, at Aaron Boone. He was throwing in Lance Lynn against the Red Sox, and it was uh, it was a lot of lot of funky moves. So I really hope he learned his hope he learned his lesson because I think that's my biggest uh, biggest concern outside of the starting pitching because, uh, I, I mean, I, uh, as we touched on before, that they're not really outside of Paxton. I don't think they're going to go traditional uh, whatsoever. So, but I, I think I think Boone would probably be, uh, and the coaching would probably be my number one concern for the Yankees outside of the starting pitching. That's why I was so shocked that it got the least amount of votes. I mean, bullpen got more votes than hitting and coaching, and I that just blew my mind to be honest. Like I didn't quite understand that. Maybe the sports blog New York followers, you know, maybe they're just a little nervous about certain things. I don't know. Maybe they're set, they're they're misplacing their blame of coaching on the guys that the coaches decided to put in like certain guys in the lineup or certain bullpen members and displace that, that yeah. worry, you know, that, that's possible. Um, this might sound silly, but I think it's actually kind of meaningful. Let's just make up a number here and say that, you know, halfway through the season, Aaron Boone had a 50% approval rate. I believe it's higher than that, obviously. But if you look on Twitter, you can get confused sometimes. How much do you think the savages moment, my guys are savages moment flipped the perspective of fans on Aaron Boone. It sounds silly, but I really think that was a big change of pace for all the fans who uh, who root for the Yankees. I could definitely give him some personality. It definitely, uh, you know, wasn't it definitely brought to the fans. Oh, this guy isn't just a, a numbers guy. This guy actually has some fire. He has some heart. So, uh, you know, that, I think that's pretty accurate. 
Yeah, I mean, I, the, the rallying car is great, but I also think it's the fact that he stopped putting relievers out there for an inning and a third every time getting lit up when they came back out there. When he stops doing stupid things like that and learning from your mistakes and you don't really have anything else to go for, then you become a likable guy, right? And <laughs> when, you, when you don't have anything, that, that's what makes it easier. Winning solves everything. So, I mean, yeah, and I when, absolutely. when you win 100 games with like 49 injuries, that's pretty pretty good. You're, 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 your fans are going to like you a little bit, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Speaking it, of injuries, I, I, you, you, I'm sorry, you guys go. I was gonna say he's no, ma- is he I, manager I, of the year. Uh, I, I I I think he's it's it's gonna be either him or Baldelli getting manager of the year, but probably Baldelli because you know it's the Yankees and they're supposed to win and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I, I could I think either of them deserve it to be honest with you yeah. in in their own right. Uh, so, so as I was saying though, speaking of injuries, who who do we expect to get that uh, that first base spot? That was a perfect question to ask. I was going to say the same thing. So just a quick recap. Uh, LeMay, who's been playing a lot of first base. There's Voight, who's been back. He has what? what is he one for 30-something in his last 30 at-bats? One at for 23, if I'm not mistaken. One for 23. He's been struggling despite his uh, postseason performance in the past and his uh, moments of the season where he was crushing baseballs. Then there's, uh, I guess, he's kind of like an unsung hero of sorts is Mike Ford, right? People oh, yeah. immediately yeah. fell in love with him if you're a Yankees fan. And it's basically, has it come down to those two, Andrew, for the last roster spot for a hitter? Well, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it honestly depends on the health of Encarnacion, I think, uh, when it comes to players. I know Ford has, you know, had a lot of big hits and stuff, but I think if Encarnacion is healthy and Void is there, I think that's, those are the two guys you got to roll with. But uh, I saw on Twitter earlier today that uh, they cleared out Clint Frazier's locker and put Mike yeah. Ford's stuff in there, so... Uh, you know, I, I think Ford has a has a better shot of making that playoff roster than uh, than than most people believe. And I like the lefty bat. Yeah, off the bench. I, oh, and I, I, I I think. Go ahead. Sorry. And I, I I think you I think you keep all three. To be honest with you, I think you keep Encarnacion. You, you don't need thirteen pitchers in the ALDS. You don't. There's no need to have 13 pitchers in the ALDS. And re- being, remind so remind if, me on the rules that, on when you can you is the roster complete once you start the playoffs or can you re- redo it after each series? Oh, uh, after each round. Okay. So you 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 sh- in my opinion you get as many bats as you need to and and, and use the analytics when you need to right. It's not going to hurt you if he's on the bench right. And, and I, I I think that. He, I don't think he's in a slump. I think he's hurt from that sports hernia that he probably should have got gotten surgery on, but decided he didn't. The the, the, the the training staff decided he didn't need to. But you know what? An extra week off between games or however long it is between the last game and this game, I mean, maybe that'll maybe that'll help him out a little bit there. And you know what? Didi Gregorius is in just as much of a slump as he is, and, and you're not going to take Didi out of the lineup, right? So. Uh, I think I think you keep both of them on the roster and you play to the analytics from there in terms of lineup. Boone, if there's one thing that Boone has done fantastically this year, it's lineups, and I I, I, I trust him implicitly with who he puts on uh, in the batting order this year. So whatever they come to, I trust them. But in my opinion, you got to keep you got to keep the guys that got you there the whole year, right? And 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 I don't think that taking a roster spot and putting it to Cody Gear and whoever the hell you're going to use that last spot on is worth yeah. it when you know that you have someone like Luke Boyd on the bench. Well, in in the my question, or I guess my comeback on that would be, if the lineup is set, who's getting pinch hit for? Like, who's who is somebody uh, yeah. that feasibly is going to get pinch hit for with a guy like Void on the bench or Mike Ford on the bench? Well, I think 
Yeah, so there's that, and I think you know if uh, if Tyler Wade comes in late in the game to pinch run yep. for Sanchez or for somebody like that, then you want to pinch hit somebody late in the game. I think that's that's what they're there for. Absolutely, I right. couldn't agree more. It could be one at bat. It really could, and I yeah. think I yeah. think the non that's yeah. also true. The non analytical approach to this, then yeah, the non analytical approach to this would have Yankee fans feeling some affinity to Luke Voigt. Is that is that fair to say? Just because yes, he's been in a slump, but he's hit huge home runs in the past, and he's been that yeah. that big spark plug bat in the past. Is that why you think people are holding on? Because I feel like any other person. If this was their stats over the past month, they're not getting on this team. No, well, uh, yeah, especially what he did last year uh, when he came up in you know in September, it was on the rough. He you know batted like a, you know, that, that insane run where he was batting third in the playoffs. You know, so I, I think that he's had a lot of goodwill towards fans, and I think that you know obviously we brought up the injury before that. You know, I, I think if. If Luke Voigt said seventy percent, is that better than Mike Ford at a hundred? I I don't know. It maybe it, it's a lot closer than people think. Right, and Mike Ford has that uh, benefit of the doubt of being new, not a lot of tape on him. Yeah. You do you have seen people in the past kind of just like pop up into the bigs and find immediate success, and then their slump comes. Has this guy seen big at bats before? Not really. So it, it's going to be an interesting decision uh, on who they go with there. Is there any one person who you are looking for, maybe someone who didn't kind of step up last year or somebody who did play really well last year, maybe somebody who was on the team last year, who you really think the Yankees are going to have to rely on and need to hit really well in order to score runs and find success here? Uh, I, I think uh, if the lineup uh, construction is telling you anything, it's going to be it's got to be Brett Gardner. Um, cause they, Boone, for some reason, you know, he's, he can't, it's, he will drop dead if he bats judge and Stanton or Sanchez back to back. He has to, some reason he needs to put a lefty there. So you either going to have, uh, Gregorius or you're going to have Gardner in three spots going for the playoffs. So I think, you know, I think they're very much miscast there. I think, you know, it's not like that Stanton or Sanchez or Encarnacion or, you know, any of these other hitters have that greater platoon like deficit, so it's not like they don't hit lefties; they hit fucking everybody. So I don't, I don't, I don't get that. So I think having Gardner, I think is most likely going to be that number three hitter in the playoffs. I think he's so weird. He's got to, he's got to, he's got to continue to to hit for power. He's got to continue to keep getting on base. He's got to, he's some, he's got to be, got to be that number three hitter. I think he, I think he's a very important cog in the Yankees lineup that people are definitely overlooking. Aesthetically, seeing Brett Gardner in the three hole is just strange to me. Uh, it makes me cringe. It makes me, <laughs> makes, I, I get like a tweak in oh. like my, my face. Oh, God. Alec, what do you think? No, Brett, Brett Gardner was going to be my answer, too. And, and, and the way that he finished the season, um, you know, in that little, that weird home run battle between him and Aaron Judge for some reason, uh, I mean, that that's the guy you're rolling with here. And he, and, and he plays. To this day, he still plays a gold glove caliber center field, uh, and and he just he's he always gets big hits. I, like that, that's always every time I talk about Brett Gardner, it's you know he'll go over three when everyone else has five hits on the day, but when when you need that that you know walk off hit, he's the guy to go for it. And uh, you know I'll never forget what was it the Cleveland game where he had that thirteen pitch at bat. Uh, mm-hmm. that probably won them the game, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's the guy you want. He's always been that guy on the on the team. He's the rallying guy. He's the guy you you're gonna rely on. And and you know, if there was 
the ALDS MVP. Uh, that would be my bet for it if we were to win. His trajectory over the course of the season is very strange because he started the year before Stan went down. He was going to be the fourth outfielder. He wasn't going to be playing very much. He was going to be very much so like the platoon or utility outfielder of sorts. And then Stan gets hurt, and then there's more injuries, and Judge goes down. And all of a sudden, you went from saying, we don't even want Gardner in this lineup to we need him to be Brett Gardner of old again. It changed dramatically for him throughout the season. And now during the season, you guys both agreed that he's the linchpin of the lineup. That it's, it's a crazy trajectory for Brett Gardner, a savvy vet, a guy who people love. For him to now be this important in the lineup is kind of mind-boggling. Do, yeah, do you guys? It, it, I, oh, you go, you go, buddy. No, no, no go, 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 go. I, I, I always kind of pair. I mean, it's it's easy to pair Brett Gardner and CC Sabathia together. Do you guys think that Sabathia sees you know more than three innings in in the ALDS? I, I think. Hey, he, it, I was gonna say I think okay. three innings is is fair, but it might be in three games. You know, like it, it could be something like that. Like he just may be used for one inning at a time because it seems like. Anything after one inning gets a little sketchy with him at this point in his career. So three innings might be like the over under, but it might, I don't see much more than that. I just want the fiery guys in 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 the game in the playoffs. That's that's the guys I want, right? I mean, I want CC Sabathia to get out there because those are the guys that, that feed off this, you know. The, the, that's why we think that Brett Gardner is going to be the guy. This this and and CC Sabathia knowing that he's going to give everything he can to get through this because this is the last he'll ever pitch professionally. Uh, I got to think that I actually kind of want to see CC get some action, which I, I don't think a lot of people do. I think he'll be. I think he's be fine in you know one inning stint and whatever. I think whatever uh, tissue paper is holding his knee together. You know, I think he's got to. <laughs> Like, cause they, how many, he's got on the DL, the I, sorry, the IL, uh, at, at least four or five times this year to get the knee drained. And, you know, he said, he says on a good day on a scale of one to 10, that, uh, the pain factor for him is like an eight. Jeez. So it's just like this guy, if, if the Yankees were out of it, he would have had surgery months ago and he would have, you know, just retired. Uh, but he's just, you know, he's going to give it his all and, and hopefully it goes through. But I, I would, I could see him doing one, one inning six at a time because, I guess and that knee is that you you the strong wind might just take out the rest of whatever <laughs> that knee you know so poor CC man I keep in there. yeah no yeah, it's it's I, sad but true you want to see him out there for big inning like if you had a big spot in a game and he was on the mound you're a little nervous but not any more than you would be with uh, some of those other middle of the pack relievers obviously if like Chad Green's out there you're feeling great. But CC's probably right there for a big at bat, but just based off of the emotion that he can bring to the game, which is such a weird thing to associate with baseball at this point. And that's something I want to ask you guys about because there was a little intro on ESPN before the uh, A's Rays, the Rays A's A's Rays wild card game that they were talking about the home runner bust thing that gets thrown out there in baseball so much. And um, they were showing how in the regular season, just uh, just under seventy five percent of the times, the team with more home runs wins. Makes sense, right? In the playoffs, it's mm-hmm. this big conversation that happens all year. A lot of old heads who call into radio stations always say, "Yeah, but in the playoffs, you got to steal those runs. You got to bunt. You got to steal. You got to blah blah blah." And the the analytics again in the in the playoffs go against that. Even in the playoffs, in fact, it gets more intense. Almost eighty percent of the time in the playoffs, the team with the most home runs wins the game. So, with analytics and the playoffs. We thought it wasn't a mesh. It actually just changes a little bit. It gets a little bit more 
tight because everyone's playing at their best. How do you guys feel about that conversation? Andrew, I'll start with you. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a basketball analogy out here. Well, hold on. Yeah, hold on. baby. You know, who who would have who thought a three-pointer was worth more than two points? You know, when it comes to the home run, I, you know, if stealing bases and hitting singles is great, but that doesn't, you hit a home run, you get a run. That That's that's the name of the game. You need to score runs. Hear me out. You have to score more runs than your opponent <laughs> to win the game. Right? So, like, it, it, I totally totally get it. And look at look at uh, someone like Justin Verlander. Dominate dominant uh, season. Probably is going to finish one two in the Cy Young, but he's given up thirty something home runs. I think he's uh, close to the top in the league of uh, home runs given up. I mean, that's just part of just part of the game right now. Whether it's the baseball or you know whatever it is, but I don't think the strategy changes all that much, especially especially now. I mean, you have to you have to hit home runs. If the if the ball is juiced and flying the way that is, you hit home runs. That's what the Yankees are good at. That's uh, what the Twins are good at. So I, I think you have to you stick with stick with that strategy. Did you guys hear that the, the, the rumor that they they've gone to the non juiced balls for the play, uh, playoffs this year? I, really? I, I, I saw it on Twitter, but I'm not buying it. They were they were talking it on the radio too. I mean, this, I mean, this you, is things that are going out there now. You watching Rays A's right now? I mean, the Rays A's are playing as we do this for podcast recording on uh, Wednesday night. Three home runs by the Rays in the first three innings. That uh, doesn't seem like the ball ain't juice. I'll tell you that much. Well, the A's aren't hitting any. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I, I, I agree with, with everything that was just said there. I I, I think I think I, you look at the 2009 Yankees, which is my barometer. For how you're gonna, you know, you want to model yourself with the six, in terms of success of the Yankees, they bludgeoned everyone to death. They they, they weren't a pitching. Have AJ Burnett was our number two starter, and I, I'm pretty sure he had like a four two ERA that year. Uh, I don't think he was anything special. And CC Sabathia was our ace with like a three eight six ERA or something like that. We bludgeoned people to death because everyone on our team can hit home runs, and if you can hit home runs against the best pitchers in baseball, you're definitely going to win win the game. So you don't change the formula for what you try to do. Granted, do I think you try to steal a base here or there in the playoffs more than you did in, in the regular season? Yeah, I, I would like to try to build a run if you're not seeing anything come across. But your team, your team is modeled after home runs, and especially with the team that we have now, which is not exclusively dependent on home runs like it, like it was in, in, in years past. You don't change anything that you're trying to do here, and I think that hitting home runs is going to win you this game, getting on base beforehand, getting your table setters going on there, getting DJ LeMahieu, getting Brett Gardner and, and, and whoever else on base so that the big boys can, can bash it out. You're ultimately going to win games a hundred percent of the time there. If you're, if you're doing that, yeah. right? Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. Uh, and the statistics do back it up. Um, my question actually is, it's about somebody who you just mentioned. This guy is an MVP candidate. His name is DJ Mayhew. I mean, the star. Like, that's the number one offseason off signing in baseball, right? Isn't it? Yeah, is him, it and particu- him and Brantley. And yeah. It's like hardly yeah, close. Uh, you said Brantley, but Lemayhew, obviously, being on the Yankees, that's so huge. Um, what he did for you guys all season long, just being the one key, consistent contributor in that offensive lineup. So, so he's won over Yankee fans at this point. But one of the things that comes out sometimes prematurely with Yankees and Yankees fans is earning your pinstripes, right? In theory, <laughs> in your guys' own personal record book, has LeMahieu earned any pinstripes yet? 
Uh, like, a, basically, if he throws out a dud in these playoffs, what do you feel about him right now? Like, what are you expecting, and what does it mean for LeMahieu to come out and have a great series? I think you need to uh... – I think when you when you're on the verge of burning pitch, and I hate this conversation, it makes me so angry to even talk about it. <laughs> but like, pl- playoffs are for people that haven't, you know, that, that need to use it to perform, right? To get the monkey off their back, right? That that's what A. Rod was able to quote unquote earn his pinstripes or anything like that. I, I don't expect DJ LeMahieu to throw up a goose egg, and if he does for the ALDS, you know, uh, I'm not really, I'm not going to kill him for it, right? He's not someone th- that I expect. If Stanton comes out there and he's garbage for the, for the ALDS, I'm going to be really, really angry. But, you know, at the same time, if they have a big walk-off hit or something like that, uh, yeah, that's they, they've earned their pinstripes. I don't think I'm the best guy to ask this question to because it, 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 it makes it makes Yankee fans seem like like, I, like dumb Neanderthal and the idiots. Well, I, I feel like you two are the wrong people to have this conversation with. I, I need to find like Joey from Brooklyn and and, and yeah. Johnny and, and Patterson to have this conversation. Ronnie, because... Ro- Ronnie from Lunkakama. Yeah, exactly. I need somebody from Rockaway. I need I need somebody from from each uh, borough, but there's some people from Staten Island too, you know, um, out yeah. there who we need to hear the, the thick Italian accent. If who doesn't perform this year, I want him out of here. The off-season signing doesn't mean nothing. <laughs> Get him out. Uh, I, to go about the, the earning his pension, I think, you know, I think he's uh, earned earned his place in the team and, uh, uh, you know, I think Yankee fans, you know, love him. And this is a guy who, who started the year on the bench. Can can anybody here Crazy. name the Yankees opening day infield here? I, I have it written down here. I would me, be cared to see if anyone who actually knew who started it. first, yeah. second, short, and third. I got, who, I got who, it. Who, because okay. Al, Alec definitely knows it, I think. But I, let me give let me give it a whirl. I, I think I do. All right, we got um, Andujar at third base. Mm-hmm. Tulowitzki at shortstop. Okay. Glaber Torres at second. Okay. And then Luke Voigt at first base. And no, who was playing first? Yeah, Greg Bird. Oh starting. my god! Oh. I forgot Greg Bird. <laughs> who? Uh, the DH started. Wait, wait. Yeah, he, he did. Won the first game. Wait, he who? Did. Who's he, Greg he Bird? Did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my him. gosh! Him and him and Jacoby Ellsbury are out somewhere in like the desert, just doing oh. doing something. Nobody knows. Nobody knows where they are. Uh, Boone just stopped giving updates on them. Like he's just like, yeah, well, they're not doing baseball activities. So wow. that's that's uh, you know, and it's and I think it's been incredible that uh, that a lot of these guys that who who carried the Yankees to the playoffs this year are not going to be part of this lineup. And I don't think that's really that much of a detriment. Like you know, you had Talkman. Starting the album, does anyone actually feel better about Mike Talkman starting left field than John Carlos Stanton? I, I I know I don't. No, you know, so you can't. You know, it's you like can't. these guys. I mean, I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. I'd rather take Mike Talkman left field. John Carlos Stanton can't play left field for the life of me. You also, Alec, Alec is on the record, just not a fan of John Carlos Stanton. No, no, it's all right. I understand he's a, it. He's, Dude, a new, he's the new A-Rod. It's you, okay. You just blew my mind when you said Greg Bird. I completely erased him from my memory. I I, I exactly. swear. I could not. I would have never. I would have guessed, like, I would have maybe almost said Raul Ibanez before Greg Bird. <laughs> like, I would have been like, who the hell was playing first base? It couldn't be Greg Bird. The guy's irrelevant. That's crazy. That's yeah. insane to me. 
I'll yeah. tell you one person we're going to miss this year in the playoffs, Aaron Hicks. I wish we had that oh. switch hitting bat and in, 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 in that gold glove center fielder, which you could put Brett Gardner over and left. Or, or that, that, that was, That's the biggest loss, I think, this year uh, is, is Aaron Hicks not playing. Let's talk, let's talk about another Aaron. I think that's huge, by the way. I'm a huge Aaron Hicks fan. I think he's awesome in center field. He's got the pop. He's he's switch hitter. A great guy to watch play baseball, in my opinion. But let's talk about the other Aaron, Aaron Judge. He's been back for how long now? What, a month? Not even? No, just over a month? I think like two months. Two months? Yeah, fair, two, fair. Two months. Like I said, the Yankees haven't played a meaningful game in, in three months. <laughs> he missed June and July, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, oh, okay. So, well, he's back. He's in the swing of things. He had his uh, home runs. Um, now with him really being fully back in this lineup here, what are the expectations for, for one Aaron Judge and – how much is he relied upon as not just a, a hitter and right fielder, but also as the emotional leader of this team outside of CeCe and Brett, of course. But Aaron Judge is the best player and also one of the emotional leaders. Well, uh, you know, I think, you know, he's going to be entrenched in that number two spot in the lineup. And, uh, you know, I, he's, he is the best player on the team. You know, he's still a top 10 player in baseball. And, you know, he's still, you know, he's, I would I would have loved to see how many home runs he would have hit this year with that juice <laughs> ball if he would have played a full season. He would have he would have hit sixty home runs at, at least, and I I would have I would have loved to see it. And I think he you know I think he's an important part of the lineup as anybody. Uh, you know he's the he gets on base he hits for power he's not he's you know he's a great in right field he's got the arm I, I think he you know he's the key of the team and. Uh, you know, outside of Gardner, he's, a, he's probably the second most important cog in the in the Yankees lineup at the moment. Yeah, and uh, I would have also he loved him. More importantly, Glay. Than Glaber. Yeah. Uh, Glay uh, Glay's the best player on the team this year. Wow. Well, that's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. But Judge has been out for two months. So is that a fair thing to say? Still, Glaber Torres had 38 home runs. Who knows if Judge would have would have been 38 home runs? A lot of home runs. Yeah. I mean, I personally yeah. would have loved Aaron Judge to play the whole year based off of the wager I had for him to win MVP. <laughs> I mean, Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres. You might even be our starting. You're starting shortstop next year. They might not even resign Didi. Wow, that's crazy to say too. Yeah. That is a crazy yeah, thing it's, to say. It, it's. I think. I. I think. I think. Uh, unfortunately, you know, Didi didn't recover as well uh, from Tommy John surgery as everyone hoped he would. Um, you know who did? You know, he, he, he had. <laughs> he's had. He's had. Uh, He's had a you know a good not great season. I think the Yankees are better with uh, with him on him on the team going into next year. So maybe they just shoot him a qualifying offer and then go for here. But I, I think beyond beyond uh, twenty twenty, I think the Yankees will have to make a choice of whether or not they're going to extend DJ LeMahieu or they're going to extend DJ Gregorius because I think obviously Glaber Torres you know established himself as a twenty two year old superstar uh, in the league and you know no I don't think enough people were talking about Glaber Torres this year. And, you know, I you also I, got a yeah. guy, Miguel Andujar, coming back next year, too. Uh, you got Miguel Andujar and Gio Urshela at third base now. You're going to have to shift some people around. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting offseason, to, uh, to say the least. Oh, my God. And think about all the names that we've just been able to, to say here for the Yankees. I mean, a guy like Ursh- Urshela um, had an amazing season. His glove is off the charts, and, and he really made losing Andujar, who was expected to be a stud, like a near all-star level player. Everyone thought he should have won the rookie of the year last year. And he goes down and he's out for the season. And Urshela just comes in and is like, don't y'all worry about third base. Like I got it covered. We're good. We're good here. 
I think you had more extra base hits than Andujar had last year too. I think you actually got better yeah. production offensively. Well, obviously, you got better defensive production. But he, <laughs> yeah. he was a rock star this year offensively, and and that's with limited plate appearances too. I mean, he didn't, he didn't even have enough to qualify as a batting, you know, like for for the batting title, which I think he would have been top five in the batting title if I'm not mistaken too. I mean. You had incredible production out of him, and you do not. I mean, you have to start him at third base next year. You have to figure out what the hell you're going to do with Andujar. Yeah. Man, well, we don't. We're not ready to get to the offseason yet, even though we accidentally just <laughs> went there. But that goes to show the absolute depth on this roster. And heading into a playoff series, depth is important. But is it always the most important? Sometimes it's just about your best players outdueling the other team's best players. So let's talk about the Twins for a hot minute here because they got some real boppers on that squad. And I forget now at this point, what are we, 45 minutes into the podcast? 50, 50 minutes into the fit We're 50, so, 50 or so minutes into the podcast. Um, I forget if we were talking about Nelson Cruz before we started recording or in the pod. I don't think we did yet. So let's talk about some of these guys in the Twins lineup who, you know, Yankee fans, baseball fans, just aren't quite as familiar with, even though you may know their name. Um, so, Andrew, start us up with some of the guys that you like. So give me give me two guys in the Twins lineup that uh, that scare the hell out of you. Oh, definitely Nelson Cruz. Uh, Nelson Cruz, uh, the immortal Nelson Cruz, uh, 39 years old, 41 home runs, uh, slug 639 this year, OPS plus a 166. Dude, I don't know. I mean, Juice Ball and, uh, you know, guy who's uh, had a PED suspension here or there, uh, uh, notwithstanding. But he's he's been he's been absolutely incredible. This guy's an ageless wonder, and he can ab- hit the absolute snot out of the ball. Um, and probably their best hitter in the lineup uh, next to Max Kepler. Kepler uh, kind of coming out of nowhere this year. Uh, 36 home runs. 90 RBIs, uh, you know, it's uh, these are two guys that are going to hit back to back, and that can that can really that can really hit the ball. So these are two guys that I feel like the the Yankees pitching staff is going to have their going to have their hands full with. Alec, anybody else who jumps out uh, in the Twins lineup? Polanco. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, that, that guy scares the crap out of me. Well, he 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 won the batting title, didn't he? Did did he have it? Uh, oh, no. uh, Tim Anderson won the batting title. Uh, well, Polanco was up there for a long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you, they have their own DJ Lemayhew and him, right? I mean, they they have a pretty mirrored team to us. Uh, Encarnacion and Nelson Cruz is essentially the same player, in my opinion, right? And, and Polanco and DJ LeMay are essentially the same player, in my opinion. I, I think the, 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 I think that they're not as strong one through nine, right? I think that that's that's where our advantage is. I think that they have an equally as strong one through six, probably. But that bottom of the order is where we're is going to be where we win the games if we do. Right? It, it's 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 over there. Is is you? There are no outs on this team. There's just no outs on the team, easy outs. I mean, even even the strikeout guys that you've had in, in years past are sandwiched between those those uh, you know average hitters, which is why I think that this team is so much different than the Yankees teams of years past. So, uh, but in, in terms of just just players on the Twins, I, I, Polanco scares the crap out of me. Um, Justin Scope, he uh, he he knows how to. Um, he knows how to play against the Yankees. Jonathan Scope. He has, yeah, John, he, not Justin. Uh, Jonathan Scope. Knew he met. He, he knows how to play against the Yankees. Being with the Orioles, he definitely had his fair share of rabies against the Yankees. You know, he'll, he'll be ready. Yeah. To, he'll be ready to go. He can. Hit, he has pop. That guy. 
Mm. Yeah, he's done. He's done it for years. He scares the crap out of me too. I mean, Nelson Cruz, to be honest with you, is one of the few that doesn't scare me as much because I think that he, we, our our uh, pitchers are veterans who know how to pitch around Nelson Cruz. Right. Uh, I mean, I mean, listen, I, I don't think you can eliminate Nelson Cruz, but you can mitigate him. And I think that people like Tanaka. People like Paxton, I mean, th- those guys are, maybe not Severino as much, but me- those guys know how to get people out by being creative and crafty with what they're doing. Uh, so he's not as, as scary to me. But people like Polanco, Rosario scares me. Um, I mean, Jonathan Scope, I mean, those guys scare me. Rosario started off the year, he was like, you know, or obviously like, I'm, so, I'm talking like first month of the season. He yeah. was like MVP candidate first month of the season. And Nelson Cruz back mm-hmm. in friggin' 311? Like what? Nelson Cruz? Yeah. That's crazy. Almost on base percentage of close to four hundred. Three ninety. Yeah. What's the health, what's the health on Sano? Is Sano healthy? You guys didn't mention him. I don't know. I don't think so. Because I know he had uh, some yeah. health problems. He only played a hundred games or so. But uh, when that guy's in the lineup, he's scary as hell. Like just looking at him, he's yeah, he wasn't great he, last year. He can. No, he can hit the snazz ball too. He's a. His uh, his batting average uh, is a little lower than uh, you know. He's kind of one of those. Low batting average guys that just hits a, hits a lot of home runs, but he he can be equally damaged. Like again, the the Twins can up and down the lineup. If you're going, you're looking at Garver, Crone, Scope, Polanco, Sano, uh, Rosario. The only guy that didn't hit at least twenty twenty two home runs was with Buxton, who's un, oh, unfortunately he's uh, uh, is he hurt? Yeah, I believe he's I believe he's not uh, he's not playing. What else so. is now? Yeah, <laughs> you know. So he's the only guy that didn't didn't hit at least twenty two home runs. So there's there's power literally one through nine uh, in that lineup. So it's uh, it, it'll definitely be a challenge for for the Yankees starting staff. But uh, you know, again, they're gonna let, they're gonna outside of the Tanaka, the, the guys who really are home run prone or either not on, are not on the roster are gonna be you know regulated to the to the bullpen and low leverage spots. And Tanaka, I believe, has a 108 ERA in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken. Tanaka yeah, he, kills it in the playoffs. Yeah, uh, I, I hope, I honestly hope that the Yankees start him game two because his home road split this year has been incredibly pitched so well in Yankee Stadium. I think he has like a two-something ERA in Yankee Stadium. He has like a six. Six three ERA yeah. on the road. But, so it's, but it's, if you it's take pretty... out the, if you take out those two Red Sox starts, uh, which highly inflated him, he actually has, if I'm not mistaken, the best road splits on the the rotation. I think he has mm. like uh, right. so. Well, I mean, there was the London the, game, the, the, the London game, right. and then there was another game in, in in Fenway where he gave up like eleven runs in in an inning and a half, from some stupid like that. If you take those out of there, he actually had, I'm pretty sure the best the best away uh, away line on the. Uh, on the staff, so yeah, no, I Tanaka's got to be the most trusted guy on the rotation right now. Um, I, I think we we covered a lot here, so let me just ask. I'm, I'm gonna defer to you guys here. I'm really just driving the boat here, but I'm gonna take a stop. We're gonna do a little, uh, what's that? Chinese red light. What is that? Chinese fire drill. There Chinese we go. Chinese fire drill. A little Chinese, Chinese fire, fire drill. drill. You guys jump in the driver's seat. Is there anything that we haven't touched on with this series? Because I think we touched on a lot of stuff so far. We're gonna we're coming to the close here. Um, is there anything that either of you I want to mention before we make our predictions before we make our predictions anything else you guys want to mention in regards to the series Andrew or Alec you got anything else uh, I I don't think uh, I don't think we said Gary Sanchez's name uh, one time on the podcast so far. <laughs> wow uh, good call <laughs> yeah uh, you know I think him him coming back from injury and him uh, I don't think uh, he's definitely even improved his defense behind the plate and 
uh, pass balls aren't really a thing anymore. Uh, maybe his framing has gone down to try to compensate that a, a, a little bit. But um, I definitely think he can be a key player uh, come the playoffs, uh, you know, especially in the, in the lineup. Do we know that he's going to be fully healthy going in? I mean, I, I, I heard reports that he was just finally, like squatting like two days ago for the first time since his injury. Yeah, well, he did play in the last couple. He did play the last couple of games. Uh, he didn't play a ton of games behind the plate, but he, um, you know, he, he he did play. So I'm cautiously optimistic. So I think he's a he's a cog that I think Yankee fans should look out for. Uh, you know, let's see. Let's so hopefully he can stay healthy throughout the playoffs and uh, you know be that big bat in the lineup. So that's that's my my question. I mean, in ter- in terms of injuries that we have going on right now, are are we fully healthy? Sands, you know, Aaron Hicks and and, uh, uh, and Miguel Andujar. I mean, it looks like Encarnacion is going to be playing. Stanton's back in the lineup. Looks like we got a uh, 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 Gary back. Are we missing anyone? Paxton should be fine. Yeah, that I've heard of so far. I've heard nothing of that regard. Uh, Encarnacion was the latest question mark that I had. Uh, had heard about and by he, all accounts going to be playing and he's cleared 100 percent, right so i think i think we're in the clear here can we just marvel at the fact that for the, going into the playoffs we have two people that are injured uh on our uh, after all of the injuries that we had this year we are just without miguel andujar uh and aaron hicks who largely Gio Urshela and Brent carter have filled in the gaps entirely for yeah, I mean that that is the story of the season. Obviously, the story of the full everything with playoffs included will be how they do in the playoffs, but to this point, the fact that they've been able to handle with so much grace the amount of injuries and the amount of IL stints is absolutely off the charts and like I really can't remember a time in baseball where a team lost that many good players for that amount of time and won 100 games and didn't flinch at one point in the season and ran away with a division that has another playoff team in the Rays and a team that is full of talent in the Red Sox. Like It, it truly is incredible how the Yankees handled this season. And they're pretty much fully healthy for the playoffs. That is the craziest part to me. Right. You want to be strongest heading into the playoffs. So, you know what? <laughs> I think they and, did and I think that that's, just that. I think that's something, too, is that we, we never rushed anybody back because we knew we had the replacements so that, you know, when we're, we're getting to that point, uh, everyone's a hundred percent. We didn't need to, everything was, ca- was cautious, right? Stanton probably could have played a month ago, but we waited until he was a hundred percent. Right. And Carnassian, the same thing. I mean, the only person we probably rushed was boy. I mean, you know, I mean, that is what it is, but and that's the only one. Who's uh, still I, think that, I think that was his own choice too. I think, I think they recommended the surgery for him. And then they said, he said, you know, he thought that he could play through and, his performance uh, has said otherwise. Yeah. All right, here we go. Let's do some predictions here. Uh, let's do, let's just do the series. All right, let's not get ahead of ourselves and predict the Yankees' entire playoffs. Maybe at the end we can just do a quick, like one second bite, just to have it on wax, have it on record for all three of us. But right now, just the ALDS. Let's make some predictions here. Um, let's say Andrew, you haven't spoken in a hot minute, so why don't you go first? Uh, I definitely think, uh, you know, I think, the, again, so we, we've spoken up uh, earlier in the podcast that these aren't exactly the same Minnesota Twins that the Yankees have uh, have pantsed repeatedly in the playoffs. Um, so I definitely think that, uh, you know, it'll be a definite challenge, but uh, they'll definitely, uh, you know, they have the pitching, they have the bullpen advantage, and, you know, I think the lineup's about even. So 
Uh, I'll, I'll say Yankees in four. Yanks in four, baby. Yanks in four. I think we win. We, we win a big walk off game, probably around game two or three. Uh, that's that sparks it for us, and uh, I think we probably lose one. I actually think we lose a game at home, and then we 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 win two games in uh, in Minnesota. Nice, I like that. Uh, I, I'm gonna go with a prediction here. I'm saying I'm. I don't want to say Yanks in four just because like you guys both just said the same thing. So I'm gonna say Yanks in five. I'm gonna say Yanks in five here. But my on the limb prediction is that Lemayhew delivers. This guy is just too damn consistent. He's so damn good. He's so damn loved at this moment. I think he's calm, cool, collected in Yankee Stadium in Minnesota. I don't even know if this guy like he plays baseball with blinders. Like he only sees the field. He's so chill. He's ready to make plays at all times, no matter what he's asked to do. Lemayhu comes through clutch, and the two fra- uh, the two wor- three words that you guys hate to hear the most. He earns his pinstripes. <laughs> there you go. That's it. So we all have like the Yankees it. winning. I mean, ah, do you guys some- think anyone struggles pretty pretty mightily in the in, in the uh, ALDS? Anybody of note? I think uh, I think Sanchez is going to struggle, but he's going to hit one big home run. I think him. He, he like, I mean, San- Sanchez is the one guy that destroys Minnesota. <laughs> does he? Does he rip Minnesota yeah. up? Well, yeah. I, I I have this feel like I I get this vibe with him where he could he could just be dormant for two games and then just absolutely go off and have two ginormous home runs that win a game. Uh, oh, if he kills the Twins, then boom! I hope he has a great series. I love Gary Sanchez. Love watching him hit the baseball. Uh, I think he could struggle though and then come up big in a, in, a, in a big moment. Yeah, I think uh, you know you have to worry about some of the guys who who haven't done it before. I don't know, maybe you know maybe Gio Urshela being in a in a big spot, or maybe trying to do too much. Um, but uh, I trust the, I trust a lot of the guys in the in the lineup. They you know a lot of this core has been together for you know both playoff runs so far, and I think I think they they know what to do now. And you know I'm very excited to see uh, see to, for Friday to get here. And yeah, to, for and real. See how this goes. And for you guys to get to the Bronx, I'm so excited that you guys are both going to yep. be there. If you guys run into each other, you don't, you now know what each other look like via uh, the lovely <laughs> FaceTimes of Skype. Um, see this you, has Billy's. been this has been yep. an absolute bomb of a podcast. I enjoyed it so much. Uh, great to have Andrew Kalanya at underscore Squalls Barkley and Alec, who's on here quite often, back again to talk his favorite sport, his favorite team, the Yankees. That goes for both of you guys. Uh, so thank you. And now give me one line as your last words of the podcast. One line, full Yankees playoffs predictions here. Or do you not even want to say anything because uh, you don't want to put Juju on it? I get it. I get it. Do you not want to give anything here? That's fine. Uh, I'm just saying. Uh, be, uh, you go, Andrew. No, you guys yeah, both don't, don't. Wait, you guys both don't want to answer this so bad that I love see, uh, being able to see uh, your guys' face right know. now. I, I, <laughs> I wish everybody could see your face. Yeah, I, I'm I'm looking at the score right now. I'm kind of happy that Tampa's winning currently against Oakland. I think Tampa's going to give Houston the the biggest uh, trouble uh, for the next round. Uh, so I'm happy that uh, maybe they'll beat up on Houston a little bit. But I wait, mean, let me let me tough. let me pause you for a second. You're looking ahead. Let me pause you for a second. Let me pause you for a second, both of you guys, before you make any prediction here. Don't give me a prediction about the whole Yankees playoffs. Give me an expectation. Andrew just said he's rooting for the Rays because they'll be tough around the Astros. AKA, you're a little scared of the Astros, but you know, you just want them to be a little beaten up first. 
Alec, what is some of your general expectations for the Yankees? No predictions. We don't got to get crazy here. General expectations for the rest of the Yankees playoffs. I think the bats are alive. I, th- I actually think the I, I, I'm looking through everyone on the Yankees team on the 25 man that we expect. I don't see anyone I expect to struggle. I really don't. I just I, I'm, I'm very confident there in their abilities. What I'm not confident is. I also th- I, I look through the, the twins lineup and they feel the same exact way. So I have no <laughs> idea. I think I, I, I I'm worried there. All I'm saying is I'm a, Pete knows this. I'm a very very superstitious person when it comes to my teams. Yes. Uh, I I was I had a very fervent conversation with him yesterday about when when I have to uh, sh- when can I shave before uh, the playoffs <laughs> for my playoff beard and whether or not it has to be. If it could be before our game one or immediately after the postseason, I just left it there because I'm just terrified. But I can't <laughs> wait to be tense for every pitch uh, and watch those four-hour uh, games in agony. But it's going to be so awesome when uh, when they win. Hopefully, that's what it's. I'm all just so about. I'm just so happy that there's not they're not in the wild card game this year. That's I said the same thing to my buddy. It's so it's fun to watch other teams go through, but Ned, thank God that the Yankees aren't going through because it's just that's just the worst experience of the game. Oh, it's uh, terrible. Hopefully next year I can feel some of the same things you guys are talking about. <laughs> we've we've, we've um, gone through our fair share of wild card games. You have. You have. And I'll just say this. This isn't your uncle's twins. This ain't your grandfather's <laughs> twins, you know? This is a new twins over here. So it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be an electric series. I hope the ball is flying around. I hope it's going to be just high scoring and energetic and Yankee Stadium is going to be freaking rocking baby. I can't wait. Yeah. I know you guys can't wait and I'm 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 sad this podcast is over but I'm happy we did it cuz it was a freaking blast. So Andrew Kalanya, thank you so much. Alec Argento, thank you so much. This has been the Sports Blog New York podcast. I'm Pete Kennedy. Check us out on Twitter. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review the whole nine cuz if you listen to this podcast there's no way you didn't enjoy it. So throw us some love on iTunes out podcast app and all that jazz. But now, go Yankees and get ready for Friday. Let's go Yankees.